0: I ask you, Father, that the uh, words that come out of my mouth not be my words, but yours. And touch hearts where they need to be touched in each one of us here. There's nobody here by accident this morning, Father. Just touch hearts that need to be touched. We turn this time over to you. In Christ's name. Amen. Heck, we may as well go ahead and go home. Good job, buddy. For those of you who don't know me, my name is Billy Graham. For those who do, don't tell those who don't. <laughs> um, I'm Paul Bryant. I'm one of the uh, I'm one of the elders here, um, and a um, couple of disclaimers. This is my first time up here doing this. Um, Grace and mercy are kindly accepted this morning. Um, anybody? Uh, one of my favorite movies is A Few Good Men. Becky says, I watch it way too much. Um, there's, a, there's a scene at the end of that movie that everybody knows. Tom Cruise has Jack Nicholson on the, on the witness stand. And he's getting ready to, to ask him the question. And Tom Cruise says, I want the truth. And Jack Nicholson says, you can't handle the truth. Well, right before that, Tom Cruise is trying to... Uh, Decide whether he whether he really wants to go there. Whether he wants to take that step and, and push it and try to get Jack Nicholson to say one. And he goes to the defense table and he picks up a, a glass of water to drink it. And I'm surprised he got any in his mouth. He was shaking so bad. Um, that's me this morning. Um, this is way out of my comfort zone. Um, but it's uh, it, it's a message that I feel the uh, the Lord's put on my heart um, to deliver. And let me give you let me give you a little bit of background where it came from. Um, probably two months ago, on a Tuesday morning, back there in that back corner for men's study, uh, Rico Patterson, who usually leads us, wasn't here for whatever reason. Um, Arthur, I think, was uh, in Vegas at a national mayors' convention. <laughs> um, so I kind of got I kind of got uh, thrown in to lead, um, and the Lord just put this this passage on my heart that morning, and, and it was a small crowd, there's only four or five of us guys here, but we just had a, we had a great discussion about this, and I walked away um, thinking, this would be a good sermon, um, looking back, and am thinking, what the heck was I thinking, um, but, but I, I started writing it down, and I, and I went and talked to Aaron, because Aaron's always told uh, Arthur and Noah and I, that if we ever want to preach, um, just let him know, and, and he'll let us know, you know, about 12.30 at lunch today, he may be uh, revisiting that whole philosophy, but, um, but we'll see what happens. So that, that, that's where it came from. Um, and, and like I said, it's, it's just a, uh, it's a message that I feel the Lord's um, giving me to, uh, and that's something else, if, if you guys know me, you know, there's going to be some tears up here. I, I don't know why God does that to me, but um, there's going to be some tears. So if I can have the, have the first slide even um, This is my passage. Uh, Acts chapter 9, verses 10 through 17, if you want to turn to that. And the title of my message is Ananias, Courage in the Face of Saul. I want to start this by defining two terms. The first term is fear. Webster says that fear is an unpleasant, often strong emotion caused by anticipation or awareness of danger. And, and the range of that is, is infinite. Um, anybody here ever been afraid of anything? Um, we all have. We all have at some point. Um, and again, it depends on where we are, what situation, as far as what the level of that fear is. The second slide, courage. Again, Webster defines courage... As mental or moral strength to venture, persevere, and withstand danger, fear, or difficulty. We see a lot more fear in the world than we do courage. Um, courage takes action. Courage takes, takes a step of faith. Um, and it's a step that, that we don't like to take a lot of times. Um, another one of my favorite movies is saving private ryan and i've got a little uh, i've got a little clip here that I want you to take a look at With side stick move fast and clear those murder holes want to see plenty of beef between men five men is a the opportunity one man's a waste of ammo get the sand out of your weapon keep those actions clear and i'll we'll see you on the beach Fear and courage. Um, can we have fear without courage? Absolutely. Can you have courage without fear? No. Courage. Mental or moral strength to persevere, venture, or withstand danger, fear, or difficulty. Going through that fear because it's the right thing to do. So what do we, what do we fear? Um, we fear death. We fear illness, we fear loneliness. we fear inadequacy. We fear things like losing our jobs. Um, again, the, thing, the, the list of, and, and depth and breadth of things that we fear is, is endless. Um, why do we fear it? Fear it because it's unknown. We fear it because we don't have control. We love to have control. We love to have control. We don't have control all the time. And when we're afraid of something, because we don't control it. Let me uh, read this passage out of Acts. Acts chapter 9, starting at verse 10. In Damascus, there was was a, a disciple named Ananias... The Lord called to him in a vision, Ananias. Yes, Lord, he answered. The Lord told him, go to the house of Judas on Straight Street and ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul, for he is praying. In a vision, he has seen a man named Ananias come and place his hands on him to restore his sight. Lord, Ananias answered, I have heard many reports about this man and all the harm he has done to your saints in Jerusalem. And he has come here with authority From the chief priests to arrest all who call on your name. But the Lord said to Ananias, Go, this man is my chosen instrument to carry my name before the Gentiles and the kings and before the people of Israel. I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. Then Ananias went to the house and entered it. Placing his hands on Saul, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road as you were coming here, has sent me so that you may see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. So Ananias, who was Ananias? Don't hear a whole lot about Ananias. Um, You really only hear about Ananias twice. You hear about Ananias here, and you hear about Ananias in Acts chapter 22, where they're retelling this story. Now, there is another Ananias back in in Acts chapter 5, Ananias and Sapphira. Um, They were rascals. Um, They weren't around by the time this took place we were we were living down in florida my job we would we would have all of a sudden you would you know you you get used to the people that you're working with and all of a sudden somebody's not there for whatever reason they've gotten fired or whatever and we would always say where's tony and the answer was tony's no longer with us so ananias and sapphira were no longer with us when this ananias showed up for this story um so who was Ananias? Ananias was a believer, called him a disciple. Um, Ananias also knew who Saul was. And Ananias knew that Saul was not a, was not a nice guy. That, that Saul was not doing nice things to those who called on the name of Jesus. So that's where, that's where Ananias' fear was. Ananias knew Who Saul was, and knew what he was there to do, and he's thinking, seriously, God, you want me to go talk to this guy and pray for this guy? But he did it. But he did it. He was afraid, but he acted. I'm going to look through a bunch of people in, in the Bible. Couple who, couple who questioned what God was calling them to do, and then some who, in the midst of what God was calling them to do, went ahead and did it. Moses, everybody knows who Moses is. Wrote the first five Bibles, or first five books of the Bible. Um, in Exodus, chapter four, verse thirteen. This is Moses has been out in in the, in the wilderness for for 40 years after, after killing the Egyptian and, and he's come upon this, this burning bush which is not being consumed um, and God's calling him to go lead the people, lead his people, his nation out of Egypt. And Moses said, pardon your servant, Lord, please send someone else. Anybody done that? I have. I have. And I think if we're honest, at some level, to some degree, we all have. Next one. This guy was a real rascal. Jonah. Jonah, everybody knows the story of Jonah and the whale, or the big fish, or whatever, whatever that sea animal was. Um, Jonah, uh, chapter 1, verses 1 through 3. The word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai. Go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it, because its wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah ran away from the Lord and headed to Tarshish. He went down to Joppa, where he found a ship bound for that port. After paying the fare, he went aboard and sailed for Tarshish to flee the Lord. He didn't get very far. Um, and in the midst of it, put other people in danger. Um, so this, there's two guys, pretty well known, um, God called them, they said, you know, God, that's not, that, that's, I checked my planner today, and I don't see that in there, um, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with my planner, um, cause that's really what I've got, I've got everything laid out, and, um, but in the end, they end up doing what God called them to do. Again, Jonah went kicking and screaming, um, He still didn't want to go because Nineveh was not a nice place. Nineveh was not a nice place at all. Um, But he went. It's courage in the face of fear. Now we've got another group who didn't argue with God, who did what they were told to do. Esther. Old Testament. Esther was a Jew raised by her cousin, her older cousin Mordecai, got involved in a in a in a deal where the where the king the king had gotten rid of the queen and was looking for a new queen, so he brought all these all these beautiful virgins in and and, and Esther was part of that pack and she ended up by king by King Xerxes being picked to be queen. Um, now there was another guy, King Xerxes' right-hand man, Haman, <coughs> who uh, knew who Mordecai was. Mordecai had, had done a favor, or kind of saved the, saved King Xerxes' life at one point. Um, but Haman wanted Mordecai to kind of bow down to him, and he wouldn't. So he set up a plan to eliminate Mordecai by eliminating all of the Jews. Mordecai found out about this and told uh, told Esther. So Esther's figuring out how she can get in to, to, to see the king to tell him. Because if you went before the king and, and you weren't invited, most of the time, you died. Um, the king had to point his scepter at you to give you permission to come in. Otherwise, you were a dead man or a woman, whatever it was. Um, so Esther, chapter 4, verses 14 through 16. And this is Mordecai talking to, uh, talking to Esther. For if you remain silent... At this time, relief and deliverance for the Jews will arise from another place, but you and your father's family will perish. But who knows but that you have come to this royal position for such a time as this. Then Esther sent this reply to Mordecai, Go, gather together all the Jews who are in Susa and fast for me. Do not eat or drink for three days, night and day, night or day. I and my attendants will fast as you do. When this is done, I will go to the king even though it is against the law. And if I perish, I perish. That's a bold statement right there. That's a bold statement. Knowing what the consequences are. I'm going to do what God's called me. And and the thing about the book of Esther, the book of Esther is, is, depending on what translation, the only book or one of two books where God's not mentioned in the entire book. But the hand of God is all over it, the way he orchestrates things. The hand of God is all over the book of Esther, and you'll never see his name mentioned in the book. So Esther was willing to go to the king and risk death to do what God was calling her to do. Daniel chapter 3 Everybody knows about Daniel, and most know, most know about his uh, three amigos, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Um, King Nebuchadnezzar had this giant gold statue built, and whenever the, the instrument sounded, everybody was supposed to bow down and worship this, worship this statue. Now, if you're in, a, if you're in a, a gigantic field with this one big statue and you've got thousands of people and all of a sudden the music plays and everybody's bowing down and you've got three guys that are standing up, it's going to be pretty easy to pick them out. And that's what happened. That's what happened with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And the king found out about it. So starting with verse 13. Furious, furious with rage... Nebuchadnezzar summoned Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So these, these men were brought before the king, and Nebuchadnezzar said to them, Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my guides or worship the image of gold I have set up? Now when you hear the sound of the horn, flute, zither, lyre, harp, pipe, and all, and all kinds of music, if you are ready to fall down and worship the image I have made, very good. But if you do not worship it, you will be thrown immediately into a blazing furnace, then what God will be able to rescue from my hand? And he had, the, he had the furnace blazing. The furnace was so hot that when he threw him in, his guards died. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to, king, to him, King Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it. And he will deliver us from your majesty's hand. But even if he does not, we want you to know that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you have set up. Bold statement. Courage in the face of death. Esther, courage in the face of death. And the question I think we always have to ask ourselves and It's funny, and I'm, I'm sure you experience this. Um, it's funny how when you sit down and do something like this, and I don't know how you do this every week. Seriously, this has this taken me about a month and a half. <laughs> so if I was a pastor, we'd have music every week and a message about every month and a half. <laughs> um, but as you get into doing this, it's amazing how God convicts you. New Testament, Peter. Peter's a funny guy. Matthew chapter 14, verses 25 to 31. Familiar, familiar to most of you, I'm sure. Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, Take courage. It is I. Do not be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to, come, on to the, come, on, come to you on the water. Come, he said. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came toward Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and began to sink. He cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said, why do you doubt? Now, Peter, as Peter has a habit of doing... Got it backwards. Peter started out with the courage. Peter got out, Peter saw Jesus on the water, said, call me out there. Jesus called him out, and he got out and started walking on the water. He had that courage. <laughs> then he started looking at what was going on around him. He said, wait a minute. I don't think I'm supposed to be walking on this water. And he saw the waves, and he saw the wind, and he got scared. He took his eyes off of Jesus and started to sink. How many of us have felt called to do something? And we go headlong into it. We've got our eyes on the prize. We're booming. We're booming. And then we get into it, and the world starts showing itself. And the fear creeps in. Happened to me. It's happened to me. Last uh, last example is Jesus. Jesus in the garden. Luke twenty-two, verses thirty-nine through forty-four. This is the night he was arrested. They left. They they left the upper room, gone to the garden to pray. Starting in verse 39. Jesus went out as usual to the Mount of Olives, and his disciples followed him. On reaching the place, he said to them, pray that you will not fall into temptation. He withdrew about a stone's throw beyond them, knelt down and prayed. Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me. Yet not my will, but yours be done. An angel from heaven appeared to him and strengthened him. And being in anguish, he prayed more earnestly, and his sweat was like drops of blood falling on the ground. And that's, he, he was sweating drops of blood. That's how anguished he was in what he was doing. The advantage that Jesus had, Jesus, Jesus actually knew what he was going to go through. Our fear our fear, most of the time comes from what we think is going to happen. And probably a good portion of the time, it never happens. We get scared over nothing. Jesus knew exactly what he was going to go through that night and the next day. And fully God, fully man said, if it's possible, if we can do this another way, I'm okay with that. But if it's your will to do it this way, let's go. I look at all of these. I, I look at these guys in this, in this video clip. Tom Brokaw wrote a book called The Greatest Generation. If you haven't read it, get it, read it. It's a great book. Um, talking about the courage that those guys and gals, back in World War II, showed with what they did. And and that's not to say that there's not people with courage today. We absolutely have. I mean, we we see it. um, But the reason he called that the greatest generation, because it was a generation that was like that. It was a generation that was willing to ignore. As much as you can ignore the fear, taking that step in courage, they were willing to do that. Those guys in a boat. Those guys in the boat knew what they, when that landing ramp went down. They knew what was going to be waiting for them. And they didn't know who of them was going to get off that, off that landing craft, much less onto the beach. But they did it. Esther did it. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego did it. Jesus did it. Do we do it? Are we willing to take that step? Jesus was so anguished, he was sweating drops of blood. And that's a physical, that's a physical thing. You can actually do that. Um, back to Ananias. Knew who Saul was. Knew what Saul had been doing. Knew what Saul was sent to Damascus to do. But what did Ananias do? In the face of fear. Went to the house of Judas on Straight Street, prayed for Saul, and scales fell off his eyes. Because God had a purpose for Saul. And for that to start, Ananias had to do what Ananias did. So, what, is, what, what does this mean to us? What does this mean to us? Um, you know, good Bible stories. What does it mean to us? How do we do anything with this? Are we willing to have that same level of trust and faith that Ananias had in the face of going to meet Saul? Are we willing to have that same level of faith and trust that Esther had going before King Xerxes, that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego had, being willing to be thrown into the fire, that Peter had on the water, why he was was focused on Jesus and that Jesus had facing the the trials and the beatings and eventually the cross. One of my favorite books um, in the Bible is Joshua. Um, In the first chapter of Joshua, uh, Moses has died, Joshua has taken over. And one of the cool things about that um, you know, our mission here is to, is to reach, disciple, and equip in the gospel. Um, if you look at the relationship between Moses and Joshua, discipleship and equipping are two things that stand out. Joshua was where Joshua was because of the time that Moses invested in him. Um, but Joshua has taken over and is going to lead the nation of Israel into the promised land. Three times in the first chapter, the Lord says to Joshua, be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. So the question is, what do we not have the courage to do that we feel and hear the Lord calling us to do? Because we're not here by accident, and we're not here just to fill a seat. We're here because the Lord's got a purpose for each and every one of us. So, guys, are we not leading our families spiritually the way we know we should because we're afraid of possible pushback or because we're afraid we won't do it right? Be strong and courageous. Parents, are we not guiding our children the way we know we should? because we're afraid of losing their friendship. Be strong and courageous. Teenagers, if we have any in here. Are you having to decide between your beliefs and fitting in at school because of fear peer pressure? And I know at that age that's tremendous. Be strong and courageous. Are we compromising our beliefs at work because we're afraid of peer pressure or not fitting in or not getting that next promotion? Be strong and courageous. Are we continuing in a habitual sin because we're afraid to turn it over to God? And why is that? Because we secretly like it. Be strong and courageous. Are we not forgiving where we know we should? Because we're afraid to give up the illusion, and it's just an illusion the, allerg- the illusion of having control over that other person. I'm guilty. Be strong and courageous. Are we afraid to serve the Lord in an area that we know we're being called to serve? Because we're afraid to sacrifice our precious time. Be strong and courageous. Are we not as generous as we're called to be? Because we're afraid or don't trust the Lord, to provide our needs. If you haven't read Malachi chapter 3, last book of of the Old Testament, read that. It's the one place in the Bible where the Lord says to test him. Read it. Be strong and courageous. And finally, are you putting off making the decision to follow Christ? Because you're afraid of the changes you're going to have to make in your life. Be strong and courageous. Every one of us, if we're honest with ourselves, has something that fits into one of those categories. The question is are we willing to admit it? But there's good news. 23rd Psalm, most everybody knows 23rd Psalm. 23rd Psalm, verse 4 says, Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Joshua chapter 1, verse 5. This is God talking to Moses, or talking to Joshua. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Philippians 4.13. I can do all things, all things, through Christ who gives me strength. So we don't have to do this alone. I mean, that, that's that's... If we had to do it alone, we'd be where we are. We'd be battling these things. Because we can't do it alone. But we don't have to. God's with us. The question is, are we willing? Matthew, Matthew chapter 16, Jesus says, if anyone would come after me, he must deny himself, pick up his cross, and follow me. Are we willing to pick up that cross of fear where whatever it is, whatever one of these categories we've talked about this morning, are we willing to pick that up and carry that and follow Jesus? Because we can't do it by ourselves. Um, if we could do it by ourselves, it'd be done. I I think, to me, one of the one of the one of the one of the big indicators of that is a habitual sin. Um, Whatever it is, we feel guilty after we do it, and we say, "I'm not going to do that. I'm I'm tired of dealing with this. I'm going to stop." And we do for a month, six weeks, but it creeps back in. We can't do it ourselves but we can do all things through Christ. So do we have the faith to trust the Lord in the midst of these tough choices? In times of fearful situations, do we have the faith to trust, to be strong and courageous, and to follow him? I mean, that's what Jesus said. When he ran into the fishermen on the beach, follow me. Follow me, follow me, follow me. Um, The last song that that the band played this morning in the first set was Oceans. Um, I love that song. Spirit lead me where my trust is without borders. Boundless. Do we have that kind of trust? Let me walk upon the waters. Can't do it on our on our own. Peter found that out. Wherever you would call me. Are we willing to go wherever he would call us? We're willing to let him take us deeper than our feet could ever wander. If we do, and, and this is something that Beck and I have have experienced um, a lot in our, in our two moves, our move from Tampa to Raleigh and our move from Raleigh to here. Um, we didn't know what he had for us, but we trusted him. Um, and as we trust and as we see him be faithful, our trust goes stronger. Our faith grows stronger. But are we willing to take that step and let him show us? And my faith will be made stronger in the presence of my Savior. So here's the question. What's the saw you're facing today? What's that thing out there that you don't really want to deal with? Even though you feel the Lord calling you to deal with it. Um, And we all have one. So as a band comes up, um, on on your seats, there's these cards with envelopes. On the top it says, Courage in the face of Saul. Underneath it says, Lord, give me the courage. You roll the next slide up, Eva. Give me the courage to blank. What we want you to do is whatever that is that you're facing, that you're putting off, write that on here. And you see the, the passages that that we read this morning. If one of those spoke to you in the midst of this message, write that on here. And then what I want you to do is take this card after you've filled it out, put it inside this envelope, lick it, and seal it. After you've done that, go to the front of it, address it to yourself. What we're going to do is collect these. Nobody on staff is going to look at these. These are. We'll pray over them, but this is totally between you and the Lord. Um, so we're going to give you an opportunity here in, in, in just a minute. After you fill them out, put it in, sealed it, and addressed it, to come up here to the cross, and there's a basket up here in front of the cross. Drop these in. Drop these in that basket. In three months. We're going to mail these back to you so you can see where you are with what the Lord put on your heart this morning. Okay. Father, we thank you for who you are. And right now, Father, we, just, we, we ask you for courage. We ask you for courage to admit what it is we're battling, what it is we're dealing with, what it is we're running from, what it is we're afraid to face. So give us that courage this morning, Father. Give us the courage to follow you wherever you lead us. In Christ's name.